This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada, the first leg of our GTC triple header on this lovely Wednesday in the GTA on from now until noon, TSN 1050. Then you can switch on over to TSN 2 right at noon to watch us again on television, 3 o'clock, TSN 4. Adam Scully, Mark Sakino, Z-Man, what's going on? Uh, glad to be back on Canadian soil. Uh, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. I know we're going to oh. chat a little bit about that at some point today. And um, I thank God the playoffs are here, Adam. I playoffs. mean, this has been uh, – well, playoffs? Did somebody say playoffs? I mean, uh, amazing season. I think the PGA Tour has completely outperformed the majors this year, uh, which is – mind-boggling because you know listen everybody on the planet tunes in for augusta u.s open etc etc now we still have a Ryder cup coming i get it uh but just you know as far as the regular season pga tour schedule goes uh, give me the finishes we've had this year on the pga tour over the lack of drama so what i'm anticipating adam is an amazing like if the playoffs gives us what the regular season gave us in terms of Canadian Open, Detroit, Century, uh, Arnold Palmer. I mean, like, great finishes across the board. If we get that in the playoffs, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait yeah, till looking, we get to, to Eastlake. Yeah, looking forward to to another great finish of the Torrey Pines, one we are out of spectators. That was uh, another good one to uh, Genesis as well. So many great tournaments uh, throughout the season. Busy show. Bob Weeks is going to join us. He's actually in Memphis right now covering the tournament for us at TSN. Sam Choi, the latest winner on PGA Tour Canada, going to join us in about an hour, 15 minutes. Michael Harrison on the betting perspective heading into this week. He's coming on in about 90 minutes. But something I know that you're looking forward to, Mark, yesterday, Bob sat down with all five Canadians who have made their way to the playoffs. Not only have they qualified for the playoffs, but they're all on the top 50 all these guys have a great chance to make it to next week's BMW Championship too. They just got to be inside. They got to maintain their position. Yeah. Um, and in order to do so, they're going to have to play well. You know, the points values go through the roof, so they have to continue to play well. I get it. But having five in the playoffs is awesome. You and I put the number at two and a half. I'm still on two and a half to go to Eastlake. I think we're going to have two players make it to the top 30. I think three would be too big of an ask. I mean, these are the best of the best. And, you know, to assume that our guys are going to go, you know, all go low, uh, it'll be curious. It's going to be interesting to see. I love the fact that uh, Bob's down in Memphis. I'm going to be in Chicago, so we're kind of all over this. I don't think Bob knows if he's going to Eastlake yet or not. I think that was kind of so, up in the air. Yeah, so is it not so, opposite the Women's uh, Canadian exactly. Open as well? Yeah. Yeah, so he might be going out west. So I don't think any of us will actually be on the ground at Eastlake because I'm done after Chicago. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> For now, anyway. But yeah, I love it. I love it, Adam. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to be a good one. And, uh, man, there was a bunch of news that came out this week as well. I mean, what a crazy week. What a crazy week. The craziness that has been 2023 
continues. You mentioned it right there. A lot of news to get to. So let's start right there with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Well, we got to start with some personal news here. Now, in early 2023, I joined the Albatross Club, and rumor has it, according to social media, you joined the 2023 Albatross Club earlier this week, but it was your second career Albatross. Not many people can say that. Tell us about what happened. Yeah, well, do you want the full story here, Adam, or do you just want the Albatross story? Do we want to save the full story for Monday when we're in studio together? I think that's what we call a teaser in the biz. Okay, I will just give you the Albatross portion of this story. I love that. But the larger version of this story relates bigger to you and I on a personal level. Oh. Which uh, you and I can talk about a little bit in person tomorrow, but we'll save that for on the air Monday because it's just too good. It's just, it's just, it's just classic radio and quality TV, as will also be on television (laughs) Monday radio. So I'll just give you the albatross version of this. Yes, uh, I was playing one of my favorite golf courses on the planet, Tobacco Road in North Carolina, which is a Mike Strands golf course. Mike Strands only built eight, nine golf courses in his career. We lost him way too early. Uh, he died of cancer, I believe, at age 50. He was either 50 or 51. Um, and a real genius. Uh, you and I got to play. You played one of his courses uh, in the fall. You played Caledonia Golf and Fish yes. Club, uh, which is a great golf course down in Myrtle Beach. Uh, played it on the way home from working uh, the Wyndham Championship this week. And uh, it, uh, about five, six years ago at my home club here in Toronto, Toronto Hunt Club, our only par five, uh, the par five fifth. I had a driver and a six iron from 188, and I saw it land and go into the hole for my first ever albatross. This time around, uh, par five dogleg right. If you're feeling good, I, you can take the Adam Scully line, and the Adam Scully line is basically you send it blind over a corner of, a, a corner of, the, of these trees. You need to carry it 265 to have a chance to find it, you need to carry it 275, 280 to get it in a good position. Um, I nutted one, went up there, and literally had a, a shot that was playing 121, 122 uphill. Um, that's how much a dog leg, like it's just, just this is crazy. It's severe, yeah. the tee shot. And hit a good one that was all over the flag but you can't see the bottom of the hole at this particular hole. And I, I just looked at, I was playing with, with Marty and Heather. And I said, uh, man, if, if that's as good as it looks, we got ourselves a kick and Eagle got up there. Couldn't find it. It was not there. I'm like, what looked in the hole and there she was. So wow. second career albatross. Wow. And, and may I say, I mean, I, I like to think we both have style, but Marty's outfit that day with the hat, with the shirt, talk about swagger. He, he has swagger, that boy. I mean, he better make a ton of money, though, I tell you, as he gets yeah. older. Because his, yeah. his taste, his, he certainly has champagne taste, Adam. Oh, I mean, like. I love it. I love it so much. And we'll hear the, the extended version of that uh, Monday. Golf the extended yeah. version of the story is too good okay. because it was, uh, was kind of almost a career day, which is hard not to have with an albatross. And you know I've been having likely the worst golf year of my life. Uh, so lightning in a bottle. But I'm going to save it for TV because, I mean, the it, story is special. 
Well, and it's it's fine though because your golf season hasn't begun yet. It's only a couple weeks away till yeah. September first. Yeah, true, true story, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, we'll hear the extended version of that uh, Monday radio uh, to TV. But again, congratulations. Not many people can say they've made an albatross. Not many people can say they've made two albatrosses in a very short span uh, as well. But to some news on the professional tours now between or since our last radio show and. Now, we ran a best of on Monday for the holiday. PGA Tour has released its schedule for 2024. Now, of course, us being in Canada, we are immediately going to look at the RBC Canadian Open for a couple of years. It was right before the U.S. Open. There were years when it was after the Open Championship. Now it's sort of stuck in the middle. Mark, when you saw the RBC Canadian Open May 27th to June 2nd, two weeks after the PGA Championship, two weeks before the U.S. Open, thoughts? I mean, I'd love, we got to get L.A. on. Uh, we got to get the guys on, someone from Golf Canada, because... I mean, they have done such an incredible job. We have so much momentum. Every Canadian Open for the last three or four Opens, going back to Rory's first, has trumped the previous Canadian Open. I mean, every time we leave the Canadian Open, we go, that's the greatest Canadian Open ever. Now, I think what just happened in Oakdale is impossible to trump. Yeah. Nothing can beat that. And, you know, the bar is so high there. Everybody's got to kind of reset the standards reset the expectations on what to expect from our national championship uh, to compare it to what Nick Taylor did is completely unfair. That being said, I'm worried about this, Adam. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, just drink the Kool-Aid. I'm concerned. We are there. We're calling these signature events now. Yeah. We keep changing the name. So now designated events have become signature events. So the Memorial Tournament uh, Jacks event is the week after the RBC Canadian Open. That's a signature event. The U.S. Open is a signature event. And the Travelers Championship is a signature event. So I look at the RBC Canadian Open leading into... Uh, three signature events in, in a row. And I look at the Rocket Mortgage Classic coming out of three signature events in a row. And I, you know, I just go, wow, how? Like, how do, how do you make this work? It's going to be exceptionally difficult. Um, you're going to ask, have to ask guys to play four weeks in a row. Some of those guys have ties to Detroit. Uh, Tony Finau, uh, R Ricky Fowler, um, which is they're going to have to play there. So that those guys will get removed from our pool on the front end because mm -hmm. they're going to have to play four in a row and put it on the back end. Um, John Deere screwed as always yeah. because there they are and everybody's going to then head to Scotland for the Scottish Open the next week. So no one's playing the Deere unless they're trying to get in the Open and they haven't gotten in already. So I'm, yeah, I'm concerned. The old, you know, the only, have we had a formal announcement of RBC on a renewal yet? That's my first question. I haven't heard anything. So here are my questions, Scully, and then I'll ask your questions. And I want to know your thoughts on this. And I want to know anywhere else you might see anything 
difficult on this on this schedule because the other thing that jumps out of me is like did we really need Paris this year in the Olympics because here we you know we sandwiched an Olympics into this schedule as well which is like after we have eight something stupid like 18 signature events on Olympics I mean it, it, this is getting tough but if I'm taking the cup half full on the RBC this is where I'm saying we've got great leadership in Golf Canada we've got the most momentum that we've ever had in our lives off three or four of the greatest Canadian Opens of all time. And the Memorial, the U.S. Open, and the Travelers' Championship are all on the Eastern Seaboard in the same time zone. That's what we have going for us. And if we get an RBC renewal and an RBC continued investment in golf, we'll have the RBC Ambassador Program to hopefully lean on a little bit as well. That's the cup half full. It's a big uphill climb, though, I think. Um, where are you at? Yeah, I mean, one factor that we're going to look at, obviously, is the golf course in Hamilton, which has had a reno, and we know the players were absolutely raving over Hamilton back in 2019. Mm -hmm. And that was a weird weather year, too. Remember how cold you and Bob were standing on the first tee? It was essentially winter. Okay, so you just tapped on something else here. Yeah. We've moved up a couple of weeks in the schedule here. So you just tapped into the fact that the RBC Canadian Open will actually start in May. Okay, so yes, put the golf course in the positive column. Let's give that a check in the positive. Starting this in May, that's a minus. Bring your parkas. Because I remember standing there with you and Bob. It, I mean, we got so lucky that week that summer decided to hit on Thursday morning. Or, or we would have been feeding the narrative that, you know, everyone in Canada lives in an igloo. to our friends south of the border, right? Yeah, and I just remember how soft the golf course was too. Because once Thursday hit, it was 22 degrees and sunny for four consecutive days with not much wind which is why rory mcelroy went off so the fact that rory especially has been so high on hamilton let's hope that he and a number of other notables come back you know you recall back in 2019 for the top six ranked players in the world played that week obviously the world rankings have changed back then it was dustin johnson brooks kepka justin thomas rory mcelroy they were all there obviously that has now changed but it would be great to see a, a good field back at hamilton the weather certainly a guessing game i mean we've said this before golf in the gta almost the best time to play is in september but the season's mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. so you're not exactly going to have a, a labor day classic at the rbc canadian open so uh, Plus, it's, I, then it's at, you put the RBC Canadian Open back to its old date from the 80s and 90s on uh, the long weekend in September. You've now put it up against the NFL and after the FedEx Cup. Yeah. So now it's part of the FedEx Fall Series, which is what they're going to start calling the new fall, FedEx Fall. And the Canadian Open then becomes an event where guys are playing to keep their status inside the top 125, opposed to playing for the FedEx Cup. So I don't think that would be a win either. No, I, I, I totally agree. There's so much to get into, and, and we'll, uh, we'll continue taking a deep dive into the schedule. I know, I know we're pinched for time. I know we're pinched for time mm -hmm. here. Uh, do you have, like, you know what? Don't have to answer this now, mm -hmm. but by the end of the show, if you could put this somewhere, where would you put it right now? Yeah, well, you have to tell me that right now, but by the end of the show, let's take a look at this, and at some point go, you know what? 
why not here? You know what I mean? And maybe this is a one-off. Maybe this is an Olympic thing, and when the Olympics is gone, the Canadian Open finds a new spot again. We'll see. But that's a question. One other thing, too. I don't know if you mm -hmm. saw this, but uh, Andy Pasner, uh, 30 years as a board member yeah. at the PGA Tour, resigned before the playoffs. So another long-term PGA Tour guy. I don't know. No one has any details on this, but is this another guy that just can't live with the new decision and the new partnership? I yeah. mean, I don't know. And, I don't know. That's and, that caught my eye as well. Anyway, yeah, and rumor, rumor has it that there was a player meeting on two, uh, yeah, Tuesday. Only twenty-five of the seventy guys were there. Reportedly, Rory McIlroy walked in the clubhouse at the end of the interview. I'm sorry, at the end of the meeting, drenched in sweat. So he decided to. Uh, hit buys and tries in the gym instead of heading to this players-only meeting with the commissioner. So has Monaghan lost the room, Skulls? Because that's what I'm looking at this going, you have a players meeting and nobody shows. Yeah. And your flag bearer, Rory McIlroy, took a pass. I mean, so I love Jay. Yeah. And we'll never know what he went through and what's going on behind the scenes. We know the way it came out during the Canadian Open was horrible. Mm -hmm. No one's going to argue that. But I'm worried he's lost the room. Totally, totally. And, you know, we saw the news about Tiger Woods last week going to have more of a voice in this. So let's see where this story uh, does progress. Later in the show, we're going to hear from Roger Sloan, the latest winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's coming up a little later in the show. He won last week on the Corn Ferry Tour. But when we come back, we're going to take an in-depth look at the FedEx St. Jude championship we're going to hear from john rom we're also going to hear from brian Harmon. how was he celebrated since winning the claret jug all that and more when we come back right here on golf talk canada this segment of gtc was presented by TaylorMade and the tp5 and 5x try it what's the best that can happen This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit jpsmgolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Mark Zacchino. Well, the playoffs. The playoffs are finally here. And when you look at the top of the FedEx Cup standings, when you look at the top of the official World Golf Rankings, when you look at the top of the FanDuel betting lines for this week, you see three names. And the order has changed depending if it's the FedEx Cup or the World Rankings or the betting odds. But Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, and Rory McIlroy are the big three as we look into this week. We look into the FedEx Cup overall. And we know Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy are speaking to the media at some point this morning. But John Rahm held his pre-tournament press conference yesterday on Tuesday afternoon. And Rahm, four wins this season. A bit of a strange summer since then, but still four wins on the year. He begins at number one in the FedEx Cup standings. Let's hear from John Rahm as he prepares for this week well it's been um, it's been a really good season you know uh, accomplished a lot of things I set myself out to do this year and one of them was to to be sitting right here as number one so um, you know really proud of what I've done so far I'm looking forward to to go and keep it going in the playoffs uh, 
feel like I've played this golf course well in the past. I've played fairly well on the playoffs in the past, so hopefully I can uh, keep doing what I've been doing and, and give myself a good chance. Well, for John Rahm right now, currently on FanDuel, tied for the second shortest odds with Rory McIlroy, plus 850. Scotty Scheffler, your pre-tournament betting favorite surprise, surprise at plus 600. Now, Mark, we saw images on the social media machine of Scotty Scheffler using a completely different putter than what he's been using. He's gone from, now we're not sure if he's using this in competition. We'll hear from Scotty Scheffler hopefully this morning about that, but he's gone from a Scotty Cameron blade to a tailor-made spider, some more of a mallet, if you will. How critical is this for Scheffler just to look at something different on the green? Okay, so when we shot Golf Talk Canada TV this week, I said, when we get to Thursday at Memphis, let's hope that sanity has prevailed and let's hope that Scotty Scheffler is looking down on something different. Now, I didn't know this, that he was playing with a spider at the time when I said that. I was hoping that logic would, would land, common sense would land, and it was inevitable. It looks like it might be that way, Skelly. Like, this is ridiculous at this point that we're going to continue to see. This guy is second in the FedEx Cup, just a, like a, a couple of points behind John Rahm. He has two wins on the season, but this could have been historically one of the best seasons post-Tiger era. I'm calling it post-Tiger era. Yeah. So removing Tiger from the equation and Vijay Singh from the equation, because Vijay had one of those years in the early uh, to mid-2000s. That oh, was four. ridiculous yeah. off the chart. Okay. Mm -hmm. Removing Tiger and removing uh, VJ, this could have been one of the greatest seasons in the history of golf. I don't think people realize what Scotty Scheffler lit on fire in 2023. Now, I'm going to take a deep dive on this on the weekend. Okay, so next week on Golf Talk Canada, I'm going to give you some real numbers. Oh. Okay, but... Just a basic general thought on this. Generally speaking, Scotty Scheffler, if he was plus one strokes gain putting on the season, he would have seven wins in three majors is roughly what it's looking like right now. Plus one. Okay. Now I'm looking at, I'm trying to find his stats here right now. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind the one week of the year, where he actually was like three or four shots better than the field in strokes game putting. What did he win the players by, Adam? Five. It was something stupid. Five. Five. Thank you. Okay, so right now, Scotty Scheffler is negative strokes game putting 0 0.192 for the year, which is a total strokes game putting of 11, negative 11.895. Okay, measured across 62 rounds. So if he could have taken that strokes game putting from negative 0.192 and moved it to plus 1.192, which is roughly one shot better strokes game putting across four rounds on the PGA Tour, I have it currently looking like seven wins in three majors. Going to make sure the math is correct, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. He has been so dominant everywhere else; it's it's Tiger esque, and yet we have refused 
to make a change. Refuse to try anything different. I mean, I love Scotty. I love his family. They're great people. I mean, but at some point, uh, I mean, somebody, I don't, I don't really know uh, his coach at all. You would think it'd be like, come on, we got to do something here, people. Yeah. Whether you're a professional golfer, the number one ranked player in the world, or you're your average 10 handicap, whenever you look at something different, that quick fix, sometimes that makes all the difference. Scotty Scheffler, first strokes gained total, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained uh, approach, uh, first in strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained off the tee, 140 in strokes gained total for Scotty Scheffler. So just imagine how things uh, would be a little different. Scotty Scheffler, pre-tournament betting favorite right now, plus six. As for Brian Harmon, a couple of weeks ago, he was trending in the right direction at the Open Championship, but no one saw that coming, a six-shot victory. The big question, now that he's back playing, how has Brian Harmon spent his time with the Claret Chug? Let's hear from Brian Harmon. Variety of things. I got on the tractor, like I said. Got my place in good mode. Um, I spent some time with my family up at the lake. Uh, and uh, probably partied a little too much. So, like, like I said, nice to get back on the road and, and uh, get back to work. Mark, if we win the Toronto Hunt member guest tomorrow, are we going to buy a joint tractor <laughs> together and spend too much time with that thing or what? Uh, I mean, obviously, we'll just, like, pass it back and forth, take it on tour skulls, bring it into studio, multiple transfusions, other adult beverages, you know, wash it out, transition into a good Brunello in the evening. I mean, yeah, of course we're taking the thing on tour. Why wouldn't yeah. we? I love the – did you read the article uh, of Brian Herman's wife who normally doesn't allow things to kind of linger and lie around on the kitchen table, but she made yeah. an exception for the Claret Jug? <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. But for, for Brian Harmer right now, uh, he's uh, looking forward to seeing. I mean, he said he hasn't practiced all too much, but hoping to to get back in the swing of things uh, for this week. Plus 4,500 right now for Brian Harmon on FanDuel. Those odds have lengthened since we actually shot our television show yesterday morning. Well, on the other side, five Canadians in the playoffs, five Canadians inside the top 50. We are going to hear from all Five Canadians. Bob sat down with them on Tuesday afternoon. All that more when we come back right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score. Good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Mark Sakino. Well, we have five Canadians right now who have qualified for the FedEx Cup playoffs. Nick Taylor, number 12. Corey Connors, number 30. Adam Spence, 38. Adam Hadwin, 44th. Mackenzie Hughes, 47th. Mark, for you, you've covered this game on the PGA Tour for quite some time. Is this the greatest year of PGA Tour performances by Team Canada that you've seen? Yeah, without question. I mean, we all lost our minds, obviously, when you know Mike Weir won the Masters in 03. Uh, but as a, a season for Canadian golf in the men's game, it, I don't think it's, there's nothing even close. Nothing even comes close 
to this year. Uh, four winners, five guys headed to the playoffs, Nick Taylor doing it on Canadian soil. And one can only hope that this just continues the momentum in the next year because the cherry in my mind on top of all this, Adam, is that we're all together in Montreal next year and we've got at least two Canadians on the President's Cup team, if not more. You know, uh, that would be the cherry on top. So, because to have more than two Canadians on home soil for t the international team would be unbelievable. And obviously the other thing in there is it would be great to get a second men's major, right? Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the way. So, be curious to see, and we got a long way to go, but we were talking schedule earlier. You know, right now, if the Olympics were tomorrow, who goes to, who goes to Paris for Canada? Is it Taylor and Connors? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Taylor and Connors would represent Canada in Paris right now if the Olympics were tomorrow. So, I mean, we got a long way to go between now and then. So there's so much to decide. But yes, the short answer is in big, bold capital letters, yes. Well, we're going to hear from Bob Weeks later in the show. He is in Memphis. But Tuesday afternoon, yesterday, Bob had the chance to sit down with all five of these Canadians for a recap on the year that was, previewing the playoffs, and what could be coming next year with both the Olympics and the President's Cup. Congratulations to all of you for uh, not only making it here, but top 70. That's a new rule and a new mark for Canadians. And just before we came on, we were joking about the fact that just about every week someone texts me or sends me a tweet saying, you know, is this a record? Is this a record for the Canadians? And I don't know, do you guys get a sense that this is perhaps the greatest year in Canadian men's golf? Start it down at the end there with Adam. What do you think? Start with the guy who didn't win this year. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, if, if it isn't, it's got to be close. Obviously, Mike. Um, and Steven there were doing some great things for a while, but I think that the sheer numbers that we have this year and, you know, obviously these four guys winning and um, the five of us not only being top 70, but all top 50 right now and, and in good position to, to go into BMW. So um, it's just a, it's a really fun group to be a part of. Corey, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, an amazing time to be a Canadian golfer out here. Um, you know, there's been a slow rise of Canadians, uh, you know, through my career, and you know, starting with Nick and uh, Hadwin here, they, you know, you know, inspired younger generation, you know, like like myself and um, a lot of others that, you know, we dream of playing on the PGA Tour. So it's definitely uh, awesome to be out here with all these guys, and it's an exciting time to be a, be a Canadian. We get a lot of love from from people back home and a lot of support. So um, definitely a great group to be a part of. Nick, does it go beyond just the Canadian contingent, though? Do you have people from other countries noticing that the Canadians are doing well? I think so. I think we've, we've tried to follow probably Australia, some, some other smaller countries that have had a lot of success. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's great to see the numbers we have out here. We said we've, we've had a lot of guys win this year on tour, but I feel like we've been in contention so many times. Um, you know, late on Sunday, there's a lot of people up in Canada paying attention to, to golf, which is a lot of fun. So, yeah, I, I think... You know, probably the golf world's taking notice of what we're doing in Canada. Golf Canada's done a great job, so I think uh, the future is very bright. Mac, what about you? Do you? When you're in the locker room, do any of the Americans come up and say, boy, you guys are doing really well, or what's going on up there? Yeah, I think uh, there's a little bit of that. Um, I mean, obviously, you, you get a little bit overshadowed by, I mean, the Americans on tour 
uh, I'd say kind of dominate and there's just sheer numbers wise they're going to be uh, winning more than we are but uh, I know that we're second behind them as far as number of wins this year and it's, uh, it's pretty neat I think players uh, media and whatnot take notice fans um, and because we have the numbers on our side I think it's if it's not Nick one week it's Adam and if it's not Adam it's Corey and Taylor Pendrith and all these guys playing well so um, it's been pretty fun. Adam, do you feed off these guys? I mean, you're the youngest guy in here, but do you, do you feed off them when you came in here? Do you see what they're doing and say, yeah, that's where I want to be too? Yeah, for sure. You know, growing up playing on Team Canada with these guys, I looked up to them and, you know, wanted to play on the PGA Tour with them. And, um, yeah, anytime these guys play play good, I'm, I'm watching. And how, how regularly do you guys check each other's scores? Like when you go leaving the room, do you always do you have them all favorited or something? Do you know how every, you want to know how everyone's doing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like if I go down my PJ Tour app, I got them all favored at the top, and you know, it's they're in order of favoritism. But uh, <laughs> no, I got them all up there, and like like I said, if I'm not playing, like those are the first guys, the first scores I check are those Canadian guys, and and see where they're at. And it's been a lot of fun because usually I don't have to scroll very far to to see them on the leaderboard. Now, Nick, Nick, of course, uh, had the big highlight with the big dramatic eagle finish in the Canadian Open. I mean, uh, remarkable. What happened again? Do you remind me? I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, what, were you, what were you doing? You were in a car cleaning something. I was in a car cleaning up puke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Another story. But, uh, but uh, the next week when I was at the U.S. Open, it was amazing to see, like, you couldn't walk 10 feet without someone coming up and congratulating you. But I sensed that the other guys, you guys were sort of, people would come up to you and say, wow, wasn't that great? Like, as if almost, not as if you won, but as if it was such a meaningful event for Canadian golf, Corey? Yeah, such an incredible moment and, you know, being a Canadian and being a close friend, it was, was really special and um, definitely, uh, you know, got asked, you know, to, to comment or talk about it and, you know, how amazing it was, you know, as much as anything else that I've accomplished personally. So, you know, it was cool, you know, to, to be, be there, watch it happen and, you know, couldn't be happier for Nick and, you know, just goes to show the, the great things that the Canadians are, are doing in the golf world. Uh, pretty special moment something that definitely I know Nick will remember for the rest of his life but I will as well and I think a lot of Canadian golf fans it's going to be an iconic moment um, for you know many years to come in Canadian golf. Adam we're not going to go there but uh, what you know about. Yeah, we I do I do I will always remember where I was during that moment no but but but, but aside from that part of being tackled do you get a lot of, of talk about that and then over the next couple of weeks that happen? oh yeah absolutely um yeah, it was incredible. Um, obviously, on a, a very personal level for Nick, but I think for golf in Canada as well, we had done incredible things throughout the year already, but that just sort of icing on the cake, cherry on top moment. And um, one of those moments that will go down in you know Canadian sport history, really, um, will be replayed every year on top tens and, and, and greatest moments and, and stuff. So um, I was really happy that I got to you know, outside of what <laughs> the afterwards, but You're just right to be there, there and and <laughs> and, right and in, there. in that atmosphere, it was it was incredible. Uh, we got the FedEx Cup here this week, and the first stage, uh, five of you, which we were talking off the top. This is the most we've ever had. Um, how important is it for you guys to make it through this week, Adam? Yeah, I think it's you know very important for all of us. Um, you know, builds confidence and. Um, yeah, the, the money's good. Nothing so <laughs> wrong with that, Mac. I mean, it is 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 getting into the fifty. The that's the big goal, really. I mean, honestly, the the big goal is really the thirty. Uh, fifty is is nice, but I'd say we're all probably trying to shoot a little higher than that. Um, and you know that with one really nice week, you're pretty much right there. 
Um, you know, I probably had the most work to do of anybody, which, uh, you know, I'm looking to relish and take on. And, um, yeah, I need to play well. But, um, you know, I've had my back against the wall a few times in these playoffs and I've done well. So hopefully I can uh, rise to the occasion. Nick, you're the highest. You're at, at 12. Uh, do you do you feel comfortable at, in any way, shape, or form? I don't know if you ever feel comfortable. Yes, <laughs> it's the best spot I've, I've been in, obviously, ever. But uh, yeah, you know, I think you're you're trying to position yourself as well as you can, like anybody is. Um, there's a lot of volatility with with four times the points, but um, yeah, just try to position myself as well as I can. There's uh, the new staggered system and. At the Tour Championship, is you, know, you obviously want to be leading, if not very close. Corey and I were chatting a little bit. You know, if you start eight behind at that golf course, it's it's not very easy to make that up. So, yeah, I, I love this golf course. Next week, we played there a few years ago. Um, there's a lot of great golf courses in the next three weeks, so I'm excited for that. Corey, you were a big hockey player growing up. Does this feel like the playoffs in hockey, where you really have to you sort of play your way through the regular season and then you got to turn it up in the playoffs yeah the playoffs are you know are big this uh this is no different you know growing up was always excited looking forward to you know first of all making the playoffs and then doing well in the playoffs trying to you know win series win games and you know we're all you know trying to have a great week here you know get us to to the next round and um you know hopefully you know like max said get uh, get all five of us into the tour championship and you know, the, the big goal at the end of this is the FedEx Cup, and um, you know, gonna have to play some amazing golf to uh, you know have a chance to win that. But it's uh, you know it's out there for the taking, and hopefully uh, you know if not myself, one of one of these guys will make a good run at it. It's yeah. nice to see you guys all with your playoff beards, by the way. I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, okay, just before, just to, just to wrap up, there's there's two big events next season. One is of course in Montreal. We have the Presidents Cup. I'll start with you, Adam. You've played in the President's Cup, obviously, before. What does it mean for you? What would it mean for you to go to Montreal, play a home game, playing for Mike Weir in front of all those crowds? I mean, I get chills thinking about that right now. Um, the two that I played in were, were some of the greatest um, golfing events that I have ever played in. Um, we got smashed in New York, and I had some of the best times um, playing with those guys. And then we had a chance to win down in Australia. And just the atmosphere that that you have in an event like that. Um, it's unmatched playing individually. And so um, to represent your country in that is an honor, but to do it on home soil, I think would just, uh, would be indescribable really. Corey, you've been there. You were there last time. What uh, What do you think? Yeah, unbelievable experience. And, you know, it's hard to describe the feeling of, of playing in an event with that magnitude. And, you know, that'll, you know, be even greater uh, playing in Canada. It'd be, you know, more than a dream come true to, to play a President's Cup in, in Canada and play for Mike Weir as the captain. Um, you know, he's been so amazing for Canadian golf and you know inspired all of us and uh, means a lot to, to us and um, be just yeah really really incredible and definitely a huge goal. Nick, what would you think about five Canadians on the President's Cup team? I mean, there were four South Koreans last year, last yeah. time out. Why not, right? More the better. Yeah, six. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, you think it's possible? You know, if if we take our our the way our games have been this year into next year, you know, hopefully we leave Mike no choice. Either we qualify, you know, through the top six or eight, wherever it is, or he's got to pick us. I feel like, you know, if, if we have a lot of Canes in the team playing on home soil with with Mike Weir as the captain, I think just the mojo we would have um, would be incredible. So that's a huge goal I know for all of us. Um, and hope to be there. 
All right, Mac, the other uh, big event, of course, is going to be in Paris, yeah. the Olympics. You've been there. Um, what is it going to mean for the two, two people? Could be not in this group, but it could be in this group likely. What is it going to mean for those two to go to the Olympic Games? Yeah, that was uh, yeah one of the highlights of my life, and uh, I hope to have that you know, experience again. Um, but if not, uh, you know, for these guys uh, to experience it would be amazing. Um, yeah, it's unlike anything else I, I've ever been a part of. And um, unfortunately, when we were there in 21, it was a bit restricted as far as like what we could do. So I felt like I didn't get the full experience. So I would love to have that experience uh, again. And um, you know, kind of like the President's Cup stuff. I mean. You, it's all on your mind you know it comes up you know here and there you see posts about it or stuff on social media and yeah it's it's there it's it's a it's a real thing and but then you come back to what you have to do every day just to get there is just like the, the little small stuff and you're just trying to get better every day and uh hopefully at the end of the day you know you make those teams but um yeah i like i like the chances of these guys right here to uh to be on that team as well adam you got those on your goals list president's cup olympics yeah it'd be a nice thing to check off the bucket list and um, obviously it'd be incredible to, to be part of that guys uh thank you very much for sitting down with us uh good luck this week at the fedex cup and uh congratulations on really a sensational year thank you thank you thank you, thank you. awesome stuff there pretty cool too for uh week c to sit down with uh all five, the Fab Five of Team Canada to uh, make it to the FedEx Cup playoffs. Mark, any major uh, takeaways from that or just the overall success of Canadians? I, what, what dawned on me, other, listen, I, I love the whole thing. I thought it was great stuff across the board. I think uh, they're all very aware of, you know, the year that everybody's had. Um, the two things that caught me is how big a moment it was for everybody. Even, you know, it's Nick's moment. But mm-hmm. to keep, like they all put a lot of weight and importance in that, which I thought was cool. Um, the other thing that, that just dawned on me was, I mean, if they're able to get a ton of Canadians on that team in Montreal, for the first time ever really in a, in a President's Cup, the international team, in, in theory, would have the same advantage as Team USA because the knock against the international team is we take a bunch of guys from around the world that really have nothing else in common other than they're not American and we toss them under a flag and a logo that we've created that Ernie Els, you know, has been trying to, you know, the last few years rally up. But if we have a team and there's five or six Canadians on that team and they're on Canadian soil in a team environment with a Canadian captain and likely a Canadian assistant, I mean, now it might be Team Canada against Team USA. And you know what? You never know, right? You never know. When when it's maybe a little bit more important to, to one side than it is to the other, that'd be interesting. Certainly will. And looking forward to the 2024 President's Cup. It's going to be uh, so much fun to be there in Montreal. Well, speaking of Team Canada, it's a major week on the LPGA. The AIG Women's Open, the final event on the LPGA calendar. When we come back, we'll discuss Brooke Henderson's chances this week at the AIG Women's Open. Still to come right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach 
home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up Hour 1 here on GTC, Scully and Zucchino here. Weeks joining in our next segment to tee up the FedEx St. Jude Championship. But this week on the LPGA, it's the final major of the calendar. And a lot of majors really jam-packed together on the LPGA, where all eyes here in Canada on Brooke Henderson, who has one career top 10 and eight starts at the AIG Women's Open, and that came last year, which is kind of strange. Very strange. But for Brooke, Mark, obviously she's had a, an interesting year, has the win, runner-up in her last start. But in between that, a whole lot of some good, some bad, and some really weird. Given how she finished at Evian, what are your expectations for Brooke this week at the AIG? I think she's on the upswing. You know, uh, is she going to win? Who knows, right? But I think she's back on the upswing. The, her record here, Adam, makes zero sense. She's an exceptional golfer in the wind. She, she loves tournaments that come down to ball striking in tough conditions. She doesn't want to be a part of a putting contest traditionally throughout her career. She loves major championships. Her record here makes zero sense. Like this is the event she should dominate. Um, was it, was it an event a couple of years ago? Was it in New Zealand where yeah. she won, where the flags were basically leaning over sideways on a seaside links course in New Zealand? And she goes out and dominates. Why hasn't that performance in New Zealand transferred to the Open Championship? Like, I mean, I have no, I can't give you a, a real logical reason why last year's her first top 10. Yeah, very strange to say the least. And there is some value if you're looking at the fan duel for Brooke Henderson, plus 2,900 right now, 29 to 1 for Brooke. Looking for her third career major, 14 consecutive finishes of T25 or better at the major. So she's played very well, looking to break through for major numero trois. Well, Brooke Henderson is a tailor-made athlete in 20 weeks of tailor-made. Boy, oh boy, it's almost over already. And this week, Mark, a very special edition. We're giving away a set of the all-new. And when I say all-new, these were just released yesterday. All-new P790 iron. Did you get, uh, get a chance to take a look at any of the images that were released, Mark? Yeah, I love how clean they look, Adam. These, lo they are, these are the cleanest 90s they've ever made. Uh, they look as clean as the 770s, and I love what they've done inside the construction of the body of the head, uh, maneuvering the um, center of gravity uh, to smarter locations in the longer irons. Uh, the, the long irons are going to get up early with more speed, but they, they didn't do it in the short irons, so you can flight the short irons still, pick your windows. This is probably going to be the hottest most explosive player's iron. I'm calling it a player's iron because you can still work a golf ball and you can still pick your, your, your windows in the sky, but they're also hand cannons. You're going to, I guarantee you, you're going to see a couple of these on tour, which are rare. There's a couple of guys that did it last year. I know Harry Higgs was playing with the 790s for a while. Yeah, there's a lot of 770s out there. Of course, there's a lot of blades and CBs as well. You're going to see more than one or two guys hands down on big tours playing these next year. It's almost like it's a combo iron set in one, really. Because yes. Seen a lot yeah. of guys. That's a great way of putting it. Combo iron yeah. set in one. I can't wait to hit them. 
I think uh, I'm this one. This, this iron has my interest big time. Big Interesting. Time. Well, we'll learn. We'll learn all about these new irons with one of the big designers behind it, Matt Bovee. We'll hear that on radio and TV. How many week. weeks do we have left, Adam, for twenty weeks tailoring? I believe it's two. After Is the it two, if okay, so next week on radio and TV. We've got to get uh, an update, a leaderboard of who's got the lead. Like, who are our top five teams yep. heading into the final? Like, who's got a chance to win the big one? The Casa mm-hmm. de Campo trip, the set, the full set of TaylorMade top to bottom. We'll have to figure out who's, we'll just go into the standings. Here's who's got a chance. Well, everybody really has a chance, but we should probably do a leaderboard and, and, and yeah. take a look at who's got a chance to get this thing done. And the fun thing, we'll do the full unveil radio to TV uh, after the FedEx Cup playoffs is over after Tour Championship, which will be uh, so much fun. Which uh, might be all three of us in studio. We haven't got Bob Skett. No, Bob has come back no, from the West, West Coast. <laughs> wah, wah. Well, Bob's going to be in Vancouver then, but I know where Bob's going to be in a couple minutes when he joins us here on GTC. He's going to kick off Hour 2 with Mark and I to preview the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Maybe I'll ask Bob about why he hasn't made an albatross yet this year. Like, what, what's he doing? He's slacking <laughs> behind here. We'll discuss that and much more with Weeksy to kick off Hour 2 right here on Golf Talking. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Mark Sacchino. Now joining us on the line for much more on the FedEx St. Jude Championship. He's there. He's on location. He's in Memphis. Bob Weeks now joins us. Weeksy, how's the weather today there? Uh, we are on the verge of a big storm hitting us, so everyone's oh scrambling to try and get their work done in here. So we'll, uh, the morning, I think, will be the uh, the big part and everyone's it's i mean the, the tea is crowded the practice tea is crowded the practice putting green is crowded everything is crowded because everyone knows i think this afternoon is going to be a bit of a wipeout so uh that's what happens when you come down here they get some, some nasty storms and i think we're due for one this afternoon okay well uh hopefully no storms this afternoon there certainly wasn't a storm yesterday afternoon when you sat down with all five canadians we just played the interview, which was uh, which was awesome, and uh, I, I want if you can give us a bit of a behind the scenes because right before you guys actually hit record, the boys were going back and forth talking about you know who's won this season, who hasn't, who's ahead in the FedEx Cup standings. What was that overall experience like for you, Bob, talking to those five guys? I mean, it was a lot of fun. First of all, I got to give credit for Corey Connors because he was the guy who kind of wrangled everybody. 
Uh, I put a, I have a group text to them all, and I said, hey, we'd like to sit down with you as their time works. And then Corey just came back and said, yeah, we're going to do it uh, 3.15 on Tuesday. <laughs> and everybody agreed. And uh, they all showed up. I was expecting there might be a couple of no-shows, but uh, but we they all showed up, and they were all, I mean, before it started, there was a lot of sort of back and forth and joshing. And these guys see each other pretty regularly, and, and they play together. But for all five of them to sit down together, even they said that it's kind of a rare, rare occurrence that they, they all get a chance to do that. And, uh, and it was fun to, uh, to chat with them. Yeah, Bob, that stuff was great. I just heard the interview for the first time. And uh, what stuck out uh, for me was how important that Nick Taylor moment was to all of them, not just Nick. And the other thing that kind of stuck out to me was how they're already kind of circling the president's cup next year. And, and I started thinking about it. Canadian captain, possibly a Canadian assistant. Maybe you get four or five Canadians on that team. And, you know, maybe finally that international team would have the similar advantage to what that USA team is. Instead of just putting a bunch of, you know, collective random international players together, it would almost be a Team Canada against a Team USA. And maybe, who knows, you never know. I said to Adam, Bob, in the first part of the show, when it's more important uh, to one team than it is to the other, you just don't know. What, did you get the sense of that? Yeah, I mean, I really got a sense that there's a lot of momentum going forward as a group. And as you pointed out, Mark, you know how, how Nick's uh, win was obviously on it was two levels. It was a big win for Nick Taylor personally, individually, the guy who breaks it, the guy who gets his name on, it, uh, on the trophy. But it was also big for all of them as a moment for Canadian golf. And, uh, and you know, they all got sort of plaudits afterwards about it all and talked about it all afterwards in, in terms of other Americans coming up to them and other players coming up to them. And they are all big on this President's Cup, even to, a, to an extent maybe more so than the Olympics, because I think, for one thing, they know that they can get three or four or possibly five. There were, there were four South Koreans on the team uh, two years ago so it's it's not out of reach to have three or four or even five Canadians on this team. And when you go forward into a friendly neighborhood like Montreal, where you have uh, the, the crowd on your side, you know, as you say, who knows what could happen. But I just like the way all these guys are. They're such, they're such a good group together. They all joke with each other. They, they all know each other's stories. They're all kind of in the same age group. They're all having children at the same age. So it's a really neat kind of atmosphere and, and camaraderie that they, they all put together. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, I, I'd recommend if, if you missed the interview earlier in the show, check out our show. Uh, we're on uh, the podcast app, etc. tsn.ca. It'll be on SportsCenter as well later tonight and this evening. But Bob, everyone's chasing really the big three. Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, the big three in the FedEx Cup, the official World Golf Ranking, the FanDuel betting book this week to and overall for the FedEx Cup title. But for you, if you could pick one of the big three, who has the best form coming into this week? I kind of like John Rahm for some reason. I just think, I just think when I look at uh, a lot of his stats and I look at a lot of his recent performances and I look a lot of what this course provides his record, you know, it hasn't always been at this course, but in this tournament, his record is pretty stellar. So I'm just on uh, by an edge giving it to him, but you could certainly make a case for the other two very, very easily. I mean, all three of them have had great years. And you can see when you look at on FanDuel, how they sort of separated themselves from the rest of the players when it comes to wagering. And that's 
for the thing here. I think it's going to be fun to watch them, and, and we'll see what they what they uh, how they play. Um, they're all out the course right now. They all had early times and uh, in the pro am here, so um, we'll get some words from them afterwards. John Rom spoke, actually, sorry, John Rom spoke yesterday. Rory's going to mm-hmm. both supposed to speak here. We'll see what happens with the rain if he gets his nine holes in, but. Um, it's it's a great battle between the three of them. It's a lot of fun to watch and, and see who's going to come out on top in each round and, of course, at the end of the week. Yeah, Bob, I mean, let's hope that uh, common sense has finally prevailed and that spider ends up in Scotty Scheffler's bag Thursday morning. I know he's been <laughs> practicing with it, with it this week. I mean, I said to Adam, I'm going to do some, some hard math over the weekend, but... Right now, it looks like if, if he was just one stroke positive strokes gained for the season, uh, plus one instead of negative uh, 0.192, he'd have seven wins in three majors and, and a player's championship. I mean, that's how historic this could have been. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I know we've talked that to death. I, um, I want to get your thoughts on the, on the schedule. When I saw the schedule, I started scratching my head a little bit. So now AT&T Pebble Beach is now what we're calling a signature event, no longer designated event. Um, obviously, the Canadian Open leading in to three signature events in a row. Um, I mean, yes, the golf course is great, but that is a tough spot, Bob. And we're going to kick it off at the end of May. I hope you and I have our uh, Adidas parkas ready to go for that week what were your thoughts on the schedule and uh and our thoughts on what might be a little bit behind the eight ball for a season with the canadian open well i you know i don't think the canadian open is uh is any worse off than it was last year in in terms of a spot on the calendar you know you had last year you had a designated event canadian open desert you a major designated event or signature events as you said we're calling them now but um it's the only difference this year is that players do not have to play the signature events. So there's, they're not forced into those. And for that reason, there is a little bit of an assistance where, you know, if let's say RBC was to quote unquote entice a few players <laughs> to, to play, as we know they do, you know, you, you can still build a field. And really, I mean, when it comes down to, you know, you only need, you get two big names in the field. And if you've got, if you've got Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy to play along with the RBC team and, and the Canadians, you know, what more would you need? And, and that really was sort of the case last year. Uh, two years ago, of course, we had a stellar field, but last year was, was not a bad field, but nothing compared to the year before. And yet it was still really, um, a situation where you had, uh, you know, a great finish and, Nobody sort of talks about the field when the, when the event's over. They talk about it when it's when before the week starts. So I don't think they're in any worse off position. And I would sit there and say to anybody who's sort of criticizing it, tell me where it should go. I where where there's a spot where it's any better or any worse. There's you know it, there's just not a good spot if you're not a, a signature event. And I'm sorry to to say that, but that there's there's haves and have nots now, and it's going to depend a lot on your sponsor as to how your uh, your field's going to look. You know what, Bob? It's funny you say that because that's the question I posed to Adam. Is that, you know, by the end of today's show, I asked Adam, him and I are going to come up, you know, with where would you put it? And that is a hard, 
hard answer uh, question to answer. I mean, uh, other than being a signature event, to your point, I don't know where it goes. I don't know where you put it. Adam and I are both kind of leaning on the week where Paris is right now. A week before the Wyndham Championship, two weeks before the playoffs, two weeks removed from the last major, the Open Championship. Uh, maybe there's a sweet spot there in August. I don't know. Uh, some big names that have to still play to get themselves into the top 70, like you saw with Justin Thomas this year, etc. I really don't know, but you're right. I mean, I'm with you a thousand percent. Yeah, you might have problems with the spot in the calendar. Yeah, it might not be as challenging it was a, it was a year ago because you don't have to play those signature events anymore. But the bigger question is, for where do you go? Where's there yeah. a good spot? And I don't think there is one. No, there's just has and have nots now on the PGA Tour. And the other thing is, you know, when you start to think about next year, we don't even know what next year is going to look like with this possible uh, uh, agreement between the PIF and the PGA Tour. So who knows, you know, what 2025 is going to look like or where we're going to play or what's happening. It's, there's just so many uh, different things going on right now in terms of building a schedule, where the players are going to go. And, and, you know, the one thing we know for sure is we're going to have our Canadians there, and, and, uh, and that's big. Um, it may be maybe just sort of for, for these guys to lead in to the President's Cup, which will be, you know, a little bit later in that year. So there's, I, I think people get too kind of worked up about it because it'll, it'll be a decent field. Might not have as many big stars as we've had in the past, but there'll be a few big names in there. I'm, I, I can almost guarantee you on that one. And a Canadian defending his title, which is, uh, which is certainly awesome. Now, Bob, before we let you go, we led the show. Mark joined the 2023 Albatross Club, which I, I have to say I started in, uh, in January. So I'm just going to pat myself on the back there. My, my question to you, Bob, is well, what's going on? Are you, you going to join the club here at some point or what? I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to move up a couple sets of tees. To, uh, I don't hit many par fives in two to begin with, so that's kind of a problem if you're looking for an albatross, right? Okay, that, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll take a deep. We're gonna hear Mark's full deep dive into the albatross tour. We we got the Cole's notes in segment one, but next week Mark's going to give us the whole kit and caboodle about what went down. I can't wait. Note, Yes, his second career albatross too. Humble brag there. Way to go. Well, Bob, Bob, uh, Bob enjoy I will today. tell you this. I will tell okay. you this, Bob, the Adams with you and I and Nick in, in, um, in Carlsbad, Adams was way more spectacular than, than mine. My, mine was I got really brave on the drive and just went, took an Adams Scully-like line and hit it over a forest completely blind and nutted yeah. one and it paid off and it got a, a wedge in my hand. His with the four iron up the hill from like 220 playing like 240 or something stupid like that with the forearm, you and I couldn't believe it when that thing went in. So if if we're if we are rating whose albatross was better, hands down it was uh, it was Adams. Uh, uh, sorry, boys. There's no rating albatross and albatross. <laughs> <laughs> They're all amazing. Uh, well, uh, thank, well, Bob, it's, uh, as always, uh, thank you for your time uh, today. Stay dry out there, my friend, and uh, we'll talk to you again uh, next week. Okay, take care, guys. Bye-bye. Uh, Later, Bob. Okay. That's Bob Weeks, hopefully uh, going to stay inside now as the weather comes in. On the other side, Sam Choi, one winner on PGA Tour Canada Windsor Championship. He is going to join us when we come back right here on Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully and Zacchino alongside. We'll get back into the FedEx St. Jude Championship in our next segment in terms of betting and that sort of thing on FanDuel with Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. But first, let's get to PGA Tour Canada. Windsor Championship has come and gone. And the winner of that tournament, Sam Choi. Oh, who was just 25 under par for four rounds. What a performance it was. Sam now joins us on the line. What's up, man? Congratulations. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Thanks, thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Uh, take us through the week. 25 under par for four rounds. What went right for you at the Windsor Championship? Man, I mean, it was it was just a great week for me. Um, I had a blast out there. Um, enjoy the city. Enjoy the golf course a lot. And, you know, I got to play two practice rounds there before the tournament. I mean, courses in a great condition. Um, greens were rolling really good, and yeah, I mean it was it was just a good track, and I re I really liked it, and I I, I hit my drivers very well. Uh, the short game was right there, um, made some good putts earlier, and that gave me good momentum going to third round, final round, and happy to get the job done. Sam, you mentioned having being able to have a couple of good practice rounds, see the property, it fits your eye. The way the schedule works out and sometimes how it gets bunched and sometimes where there's breathing room, how much does it help to get some breathing room and maybe get in early in the week and have a good look at something? Is that a huge advantage for some for, for, for a player like yourself? Oh, for sure, for sure. Because, um, you know, when I, when I used to play college golf, um, we only got one practice round before the tournament. Um, for me, I would like to go out there as much as I want and, you know, see the course. So, I mean, I, I usually take the Monday off, but then um, the last weekend uh, out of Toronto, I finished, like, 50th place. I'm like, Dad, this time I don't want to take my Monday off. I want to go out there, practice, go on the course, play some holes. And, yeah, yeah, it was – it helped me a lot to – to get the practice rounds like that. You mentioned your dad right there. Your dad, also your caddy. What was this experience like for you to be victorious, to play this well, to have your dad looping for you? I mean, it it means a lot to me because I mean, I was I was raised, I was born and raised in South Korea, and I start this golf journey with my dad. I picked up golf because of my dad, because he was a huge amateur golfer, loves playing golf. You know, I got out of school, and I will just go with my dad at his home course. Basically, bunker putting green was my playground back then. And I'm very thankful for that, and especially last week at Windsor. Um, he, he did a great job. Um, he kept me relaxed, 
kept me calm. You know, he was out there throwing some jokes, made me laugh, um, just put me in a um, good position throughout the week. That's a cool story, Sam. Uh, always good to do it with family, uh, whether it's on the bag or just as part of the team, etc. You've played a lot this year. Seven events, a win, six top ten. So even before this victory, you were having a good season with a lot of solid play. Um, was, was there a target in your mind to start the season, uh, knowing that, you know, there is the graduation to Corn Ferry Tour and, and all the available benefits of, of finishing strong and high on, on PGA Tour Canada? Did you have a goal in mind at the start of the year, a target? Or did you just say, hey, I'm going to go out, let's just play well. The, if I play well, everything else will take care of itself. Because right now, you're second, and there's only a couple of weeks left before we get to the Fortnite Cup. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I just got done with college, and I was very fortunate to have uh, full full status out here in PJ for Canada. I mean, my my goal was uh, to finish top five end of the season, and but I mean, it was it was it was a, it was a good journey. Um, just planning on all these trips to Canada, you know, dealing with. Um, buy tickets, um, hotels and stuff. But thankfully, I have really good agent, Chris Nalen. Uh, he's taking good care of me right now. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, it was just another another golf tournament, you know. I'm, I'm treating the same way. And it, it, it's been fun. Um, you know, I like where I, I am at right now. I'm second going into the last three three tournaments. Um but um, just just go out there and have fun, um, have fun with my dad, because um, he will be traveling with me in the next three tournaments as well. Um, just keep doing what I've been doing, you know. So I'm I'm very looking forward to have another good good time in Canada next three weeks. Well, well you dominated the Windsor Championship, second in the Fortnite Cup standings. You're in great position here for the last few events on PGA Tour Canada. Sam, thanks for joining us today. Good luck the rest of the way, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks again. Um, you guys have a good day. Thank you. You as well. That is Sam Choi, 25 under par for four rounds on PGA Tour Canada. When we come back, we're going back to the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Are you looking to place a little wager, maybe a long shot? First round leader, five Canadians. We'll take a deep dive into the betting perspective, fan duel odds with Michael Harrison. When we come back right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac, Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully and Zacchino alongside, as we always do here during our Wednesday editions of GTC on TSN 1050. We take a look at the betting odds for that week's PGA Tournament on FanDuel. This, of course, the FedEx St. Jude Championship, the first playoff event of the season. And I caught up with Michael Harrison to discuss 
the betting odds, the Canadians, perhaps some long shots too. Here's an in-depth look at some betting talk with Michael Harrison. For much more, now joining us, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison, all about the FedEx St. Jude Championship from a betting perspective. Hound Dog, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Thanks for having me, Adam. It's uh, it's always a blast to come on here, and I can't wait to talk some golf betting with you, and hopefully we can make some money this week. Or the more likely scenario, uh, let's be honest, with golf betting, go through torture and not make any money at all. You never know. I guess we'll see. So before we get to this week, uh, we always like to ask you about some of your latest hits, all bets par off. How has it been going for you lately in the golf betting world? Yeah, actually, the last couple of weeks I've, uh, I've uh, picked, I always like to do on my uh, golf uh, all bets par off videos. Like you said, I always like to pick a winner, top five, top 10, and top 20, and then a, and then a long shot to win that week. And I've hit a couple of top 20s. Actually, I had Webb Simpson last week for a top 20. But uh, he was actually in a fi- finishing fifth. I was like, oh, darn, I wish I would have bet money on him to finish fifth, right? But, uh, oh, well, that, that's fine. But then, uh, you know, I had Russell Henley to win as well, though. And he's the, it perfectly encapsulates how he is as a, a player to bet on. I, I won some money on him uh, as the first-round leader, but I also had a bet him to win. And, of course, just like he did two years ago at the Wyndham, excruciatingly close and lost uh, right at the end with three straight bogeys. So, it's like I said, golf betting. It's hard, but uh, when you can get a couple hits on the, and, and win a couple of them, it's it's pretty big. It certainly is. And as we look ahead to this week now, the FedEx St. Jude Championship, as has been the case for a lot of the majors, the bigger events, the three betting favorites are also the top three ranked players in the FedEx Cup and the top three ranked players in the world. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy. Of those three, who do you like the most this week? This is might this might sound weird, but I almost don't even like any of them to be yeah. honest. Like obviously they're 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 duh, they're clearly trying to win the golf tournament, but knowing that the you know the the finale is actually where it really matters and it'll come come East Lake, I almost feel like sometimes in some of these years the guy that the player who wins the first tournament in the playoffs, it seems like oh they're just gonna you know go right through and they're gonna just dominate, and then they oftentimes they win that first one and they're not able to keep that going. But of course, to answer your actual question. Uh, I think John Rom. I, I just think that uh, you know he's he, he sort of had a brush there with the uh, with the Open Championship and then obviously won the Masters this year. I just get this feeling that uh, he's you know he's not won one of these FedEx Cups before, and uh, I just get this feeling that he's going to you know, sort of uh, push through here and and uh, and maybe perhaps finally get his first one done because I'm sure you know he's due for one. That that's for sure. Yeah, he's had kind of an interesting year. I mean, he gets the four wins right off the hop, and then sort of quiet throughout the summer couple of good finishes uh in the major championships but john rom look out for rombo now we always like to ask you about you know some different bets one of those being first round leader for you because there's only 70 guys in the field how how do you handicap that does that change your thought process going into a first round leader bet well, it certainly does a little bit in, the ter- in terms of there's not as many, you know, not, there's not the clear morning wave of players versus the afternoon wave of players. Uh, I think last week at the Wyndham, oftentimes, as I've said on the show before, you always wait to see how the guys do in the morning before you bet on them uh, for the afternoon, right? Uh, to, to, if you want to play, place a wager on a guy playing in the afternoon, uh, you know, sort of wait to see. And then in the afternoon, actually, last week, it ended up being that uh, the, the first round, I think it was Adam Scott was the, the leader from the first round wave. 
But then uh, the, the players in the afternoon were way, way better. So definitely, you know, it gave some pretty good odds for that as well. And so, yeah, for this week, for, to answer your question, yeah, definitely, you know, there's there's not as much. It's not a clear division of morning players versus afternoon players with there only being 70. But still, I always like to play uh, bet on guys who are, are hot uh, and also the players who are playing early, or the first few groups only because the golf course hasn't been chewed up at all at that point. Right. And I'll be in, certainly you have to look at the weather. So, uh, you know, if it's really bad, then definitely, uh, you know, stay clear of someone playing at a certain time. But the three names I'm, I'm looking at aren't household names, aren't big, huge names, although one of them will be of interest to you, uh, Cameron Young, because oftentimes I, I'm like, do not bet on this guy ever to win, but to take the first round lead. Yes, he's been uh, he's been popping a little bit here lately. Uh, you know, was in the mix. I think he was top eight at the, uh, at the Open Championship. Sepp Straka was in a playoff at this tournament last year. He said, uh, so Cam Young was 34 to one. Sepp Straka was 42 to one. Straka won the, the John Deere last month, was second in the Open Championship, was second in this tournament last year. 42 to one. Sign me up for those odds uh, all the time. And the other one, clearly, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, casual fans certainly wouldn't know. But Lee Hodges just went wire to wire two tournaments ago uh, at the 3M Open, just dominated what? I think it was like seven shot win or yeah. something like that. He's at 60 to one. So sign me up for a guy who just, uh, no. Do I think Lee, Lee Hodges is going to win? Nope. But for the purpose of this uh, this bet, it's only for one round, right? Absolutely. Only for one round. I know earlier this week too in Memphis, we had some showers. It was raining. So I'm sure the golf course still might be a little softer come Thursday morning for some ideal scoring conditions, as they like to say. Now, of course, we are here in Canada. We have five Canadians who have not only made the FedEx Cup playoffs, but are in the top five. 50 right now heading into the playoffs earlier in the show we heard uh, Bob sit down with all five Canadians at the same time it's pretty cool to see that all happen but for you you've watched golf for quite a long time is this the best year of Canadian performances you've ever seen as a whole on the PGA Tour yeah it's it's just amazing that there you know a lot of the Canadians are consistently contending and there's some of them who haven't even won this year like for example Adam Hadwin uh, almost won there and lost the playoff to Ricky Fowler at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. It's just great to see. It's fun to see that there's so many, and the depth of talent is, has never been better, certainly. Uh, that Definitely a record this year. Most Canadian players on a single season uh, winning on the PGA Tour. And the other, the other thing I also like about a lot of the times with them, their odds are sometimes, like Corey Connors certainly is the one that always will have, seemingly will always have the lowest odds of, of the Canadians. But like, for example, this week, do I necessarily think Nick Taylor is going to go out and win? Probably not, but out of nowhere, he finished second at the Phoenix Open this year. And then, well, of course, obviously won the RBC Canadian Open somewhat out of nowhere. Nick Taylor this week is 270 to 1. What? To win. 270 to 1 to win. Again, do I think Nick Taylor's going to win? No. But at that bet, yes, I'm betting that every single time, or at least sprinkling on that. You'd be, you'd be crazy not to because he proved he almost won in, the, in a, uh, um, an elevated event in Phoenix earlier in the year that that, uh, that he can definitely, you know, at least come close anyway. Now, you mentioned Nick Taylor being a long shot, and at the RBC Canadian Open, he opened the week at around 70 to 1, but come Saturday morning, he was, what, 500 to 1? Now, And I understand that you may have been following that a little closer than some and may have been rewarded by that 72-foot iconic putt. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, so... So uh, uh, sort of along the same lines as, uh, as I'm thinking right now, pre-tournament, yeah, you're right. You're right. He was 70 to one. So I'm like, okay, I'll put a, a little bit of a bet on uh, Nick Taylor just because I know he could pop at any time or play horribly. 
I'd love those golfers to bet on them. I don't want a golfer like Cameron Young, as I said earlier, to win anyway, uh, who is always there, but rarely, if never, actually ends up winning. So I love that Nick Taylor can just pop in and all of a sudden win. So yeah, that week I, I bet him pretty weak. And then, yeah, the Saturday, I think he was like four under through six holes or something along those lines. So I'm like, okay, he's gotten through the tougher holes really, really well here. I'm going to sprinkle another bet on him. So I had two active bets on him uh, in that playoff. And, uh, you know, obviously as a Canadian, you know, I wanted him to win, not even a bet the money for me. And then, of course, he makes the putt. And I'm, and I'm just freaking out because, oh, my goodness, he won. He's Canadian. This is the greatest moment for Canadian golf. Um, you know, for this tournament. And all of a sudden it dawned on me like five, not even five seconds later. I'm like, wait a minute. I also want a lot of money on uh, Nick Taylor winning this tournament. So it was just a funny little delayed reaction of like, yes, I'm really happy. And then wait, wait a minute. I'm even happier. I just want a bunch of money. So it was, uh, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, certainly pretty sweet. Five Canadians in the field this week at the FedEx St. Jude Championship. We have five Canucks in the field. But for you, do you have a, a long shot, a value play you're looking at overall for this week? Yeah, so I'll, I'll throw out three names, but there's one in particular I'm really looking at. But uh, Justin Rose at 80-1. to one. Oh. Uh, He won a playoff event uh, a few years ago there. Obviously won the 18 Chief Hubble Beach earlier this season as well. But for some reason, I don't know why uh, Denny McCarthy is another player who I would I would never want to bet when he's like thirty to one because he he, you know, he lost the Memorial Tournament in the playoff there uh, earlier this year. Still hasn't won on the PGA Tour. Has come close a few times, but he's ninety to one this week. So anytime I go, you can get a guy like that thirty to one, forty to one, no, but a ninety to one, yes, yeah, sign me up for sure. And then the other one, uh, you now he's popped in, in some lesser tournaments, but Brendan Todd has had a couple of uh, events lately where he's like really showing up. Been, I think he was second at the John Deere, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe I think it was a top 10 at, at the Wyndham there. Uh, Brennan taught at 120 to 1. You can do a lot worse than making that bet. There you go. And now before we go for now, of course, three events in the FedEx Cup playoffs on FanDuel right now. There are odds to win the entire FedEx Cup. It looks like Scotty Scheffler is a slim lead as we speak right now. The odds keep changing, but Scotty Scheffler, uh, a very slim lead over John Rahm, plus 370 for Scotty Scheffler in terms of shortest odds right now. Who do you have from a betting perspective? Maybe whether it's a long shot, whether it's in any sort of odds for your pick to win the FedEx Cup. Well, as I've been doing in this, uh, in this uh, fine episode, Adam, I like to uh, have three options and I, I like to tier them a little bit. I, I don't okay. like to have like just the three favorites or three long shots. So the, the, the tier of the, of the players, I mean, how could you not go Rory McIlroy? He's won mm-hmm. three of these things before. He knows how to get it done. He loves these courses clearly, especially at East Lake. Uh, that's where, so he's uh, the third choice uh, at, at five to one. So yes, it's not a, a ton of money on that, but he's got it done three times in his career. So Obviously, the, you know, of the three big names, uh, Rom, Scheffler, and McElroy, I'll take Rory to win the whole thing on that one at 5-1. to one. And then a player who I'm actually also picking this week just to win outright is Victor Hovland. I, I think I find myself uh, wagering on him a good amount because he's clearly a world-class player. Finally got it done in, in, in uh, an elite field at the Memorial where he beat Denny McCarthy in that playoff. Uh, and he's 16-1 to one to win it all. And so if I'm picking him to win this week, in theory, perhaps, you know, obviously he has a good chance to win the whole thing as well. And then uh, sort of a longer shot at 41 to 1, uh, Colin Morikawa. He hasn't quite been himself since winning that Open Championship, at winning those two majors really quickly. But uh, he's had a, a few brushes this year where it's like, okay, this guy is going to be back. He's close to being back to the Colin Morikawa that we know from a few years ago. So a player who has that ability to get hot at any, at any moment, 
I believe he's like in the top 20. It's not like he's way, way behind in the FedEx Cup. Uh, Colin Morikawa at 41 to 1 is uh, definitely my sort of longer shot for that one. There you go. Lots of options for first round leader to win this week, uh, to win the old the, the overall FedEx Cup. You've got it all here from Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. As always, my man, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again later in the playoffs as we preview what will be the PGA Tours finale. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for, uh, very much for having me, Adam, and a uh, pleasure to do, uh, to do it every single time. There he is. A little betting talk there. Lots to get into on FanDuel. Many options. There's some great Canadian specials, too. You can take a look on how many guys to make the Tour Championship. So much more. Thanks again to Michael Harrison for joining us here on Golf Talk Canada. On the other side, we'll wrap up the show and we'll give you a little preview. What we're thinking strategy-wise for the Toronto Hunt member guests. That's coming up and much more when we come back as we wrap up. GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back inside GT. See, wrapping up our first leg of our triple header run again in 10 minutes on TSN, TSN television. You can watch us there, then again at 3 p.m. as well. Check out our social media channels uh, later today, tomorrow morning for our TSN Edge picks. Going to leave you hanging a little bit looking for our TSN Edge pick. They're also on tsn.ca right now. But Mark, tomorrow is a big one, it's a major championship. Sure, you know, we have the AIG Women's Open, which is legitimately a major championship. We have the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is a huge start to the playoff season. But for us, we are teaming up. Toronto Hunt member guest. And we, we've put a lot of thought into this. We had probably a 10 text exchange, including photographs of possible outfits. I haven't really gone this far into uh, matching attire before I, I i think this is i think this is uh, where we've planned this out pretty well what do you think well this is kind of our wheelhouse adam really right. let's be honest you know yeah. uh yeah. first good decision on the golf course starts in the closet as members sure of team adidas uh, we needed to go decide what we're going to do because i think we both wanted to go with that neon yellow shoe with the blue mm. iconic stripe the navy stripe so we're going to play off the Navy. We're going uh, Navy short, Navy shirt, Navy hat, Navy belt with the neon uh, pop on the feet. Um, we're going to be giving away a lot of shots, you and I, tomorrow. A large bucket of candy to this field. So we need to intimidate with wardrobe and massive bombs off the tee. Oh. That is our strategy. Uh, okay. There is no laying up tomorrow. Um, there is driving the green on one, two, two, 
putting free. What kind of line five? do you take on yeah. two? I am going to show you tomorrow, especially on the front nine, the blue tee at oh the Toronto goodness. Hunt. I am going to, especially with you. If it, are you hitting the high fade or high draw right now? I've got a whole lot of everything happening with that club right now. <laughs> so it, really, it just it depends on what side of the bed I wake up on tomorrow morning. All right. Well, I'm telling you right now, I have driven the second hole at the Toronto Hunt. So as long as it's not into the wind, if I can get there, I know you can get there, certainly. It just can't be into the wind. If it's anything other than into it, if it's down, cross, or no wind, you can get there, and I have the line for us. So we've got one, two, seven, and eight, potentially. Now, eight's a bit of a suicide mission, but we might be able to get that done. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe get it up into the throat, and we can chip at eight. So we're going to be going for four par fours, and certainly the par five. Our hold-on holes, where par is a good score, are three, Mm -hmm. four, uh, three, four, six, and nine. Yeah. Yeah. The hole locations will be brutally hard. Yeah. tomorrow and the green should probably be running very firm and very fast now we need a little help with weather uh but the harder it plays the better it is for you and i uh, i know that because we're giving a lot of candy away to guys that uh you know if it's playing easy they can go shoot 38 on a nine and and take a lot of candy along a lot of net 30s a lot of net 29s if it's playing easy what uh, so? What's the format for tomorrow? In terms, are we playing test uh, net ball? best ball? Okay, net best ball, and you're going to get eighty yeah. percent of your cap. So with you probably playing off four off mm-hmm. your current factor, you'll probably get three shots. Love I'll that. get nothing. Naturally. So it'll be you and I going to battle with three shots against teams that are getting like nineteen. 20. Yeah. <laughs> Some teams will be more like seven, eight, whatnot. So it's an uphill battle, which is why we got to bring the bombs. The bomb oh, makers yeah. have to come. Okay. Well, I'll be ready on the first tee, maybe do 20 push ups before teeing okay. off, that sort of Keep thing. Keep in mind, we do have a shootout to start the day, I believe, at oh. 10 o'clock in the morning. That's why okay. registration is so early. We have a shootout to kick off the day off the first hole. It's wow. a uh, closest to the hole shootout. Until there's one team left for wow. uh, for a pot, so we'll see okay. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we can hit a hit those stiff early morning skulls where you kind of just stand up on it because the back's yeah. too sore to get to the bottom. <laughs> right. Well, I'll I'll be up at four in the morning for my uh, my calisthenics and my active warm up. I'll have the massage gun going and ready to rock. But stay tuned to our social media channels, specifically Instagram tomorrow because there will be some content you can judge our matching attire did we nail it did we not what would you have done differently we'll have that and much more tomorrow on the golf talk canada instagram account well this has been leg one of our triple header join us again in five minutes on tsn2 and then in three hours on tsn4 Full preview of the FedEx St. Jude Championship AIG Women's Open. We'll hear from Roger Sloan, too, the latest winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. Mark, thanks for your time. See you in person tomorrow. It's been way too long, my friend. See you tomorrow, buddy. Looking forward to it. Yes, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. And see you in five minutes on TSN2. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. 
ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.